Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore, and welcome to another edition of North Shore News Week, your weekly podcast of all our stories at the record northshore.org. Brought to you by three of the co-founders, uh, all three of the co-founders, actually, uh, myself, joined by Martin Carlino, our senior editor, and Megan Bernard, our managing editor, um, for her second week. She's basically in it now. She's in the flow. Um, it's all over. Um, so we're all good. <laughs> Moving forward. So the whole point of this podcast, North Shore Newsweek, is to break down all the stuff we got for you in the past week in, in a simple format, easy to listen to, pretty short and compact. Um, in three segments, we're going to do our lead story, then we're going to break and do up and down the shore where we bounce from community to community, tell you what's going on, and then we followed up with our featured feature uh, of the week um, before giving you a tease of what's to come and letting you off the hook. So we're just going to jump right into it right now with um, kind of the news that came out early this week. We posted on a Monday night that the governor in the state of Illinois moved a lot of regions, including our region, Region 10 which is suburban Cook County to an, a looser tier of mitigations, tier two. Means a lot, um, but it doesn't mean what I think everyone hopes when they hear looser mitigations is indoor dining. We're gonna talk about that in a second. Um, but what it does mean is uh, indoor recreation can start. With, these are all with limited capacity, by the way. Museums can open, um, all cultural institutions, museums, theaters, um, things like that, gyms, uh, fitness classes, um, also with restrictions um, on the, uh, the amount of people at 10. Um, most of these are with 25% capacity, like museums and, and theaters. Um, but we're starting to trend in the right direction. And the reason we were able to get to this point um, is tier two is basically because um, a lot of the numbers and metrics surrounding COVID-19 in the area, in the state, are trending downward. Um, things like positivity rate, hospitalizations, um, kind of post that holiday surge, which wasn't as big as we thought, is also starting to come down. So um, positivity rate keeps falling, actually. So we keep moving in, in the right direction. Um, all pretty good news. Um, you know, while the things that are now allowed aren't um, world shattering, um, it's just a, the trending in the right direction is a good thing. Local sports will be coming back. Youth sports can start doing certain things. We have it all broken down with a lot of detail in our story, but um, seems like pretty good news for everybody with tier two mitigations in place. Yeah, we usually lead things off sometimes with um, updates that aren't necessarily as positive as this week. So it's nice to see, uh, as you mentioned, Joe, some news that possibly shows we're, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I think it really shows that there's some hope out there, like good things are definitely to come. Yeah, and you know it's always possible as we've learned through this pandemic that a surge is possible. Um, we, you know, we can do all the safety measures we want, and it looks like we're doing a great job. But um, the virus is kind of controlling everything. So as long as we just um, we do what we can for each other um, and for our neighbors, um, it, it looks like we're headed in the right direction with the vaccine on the horizon. Just an important note, and you'll see this when you read the story. The reason we were able to get here is because um, the state and the governor actually eliminated a metric um, hospital bed, specifically medical surgical bed capacity that was holding a lot of regions back from moving into new tiers. Uh, for instance, region 10 was, was more than okay on a number of fronts, but really couldn't pass the threshold in surgical beds. So um, the governor and the state added 
some resources to hospitals, uh, what they're calling a staffing surge to help that out. And they eliminated that metric. So we're in tier two. Now, tier one allows indoor dining, which I know a lot of you are interested in, who isn't um, at 25% capacity. Um, to get there, we have to get um, multiple straight days of below 8% positivity rate across the region, which includes all of suburban counties. So while Nutria Township actually is below that and has been for a while, um, the whole region is not yet, but it does look pretty good. I'm just checking out um, the state board right now. It looks like the last day recorded that I see, which was Monday, it was right at 8% and that's falling from 8.1, 8.6. So we're getting there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we're already at two days, the 18th and 19th. Um, it just hasn't updated yet on this, uh, on this uh, dashboard. So uh, we could get there. Also hospitalizations keep dropping and we've been above 20% total hospital beds for or hospital beds for uh, a long time now, a couple of weeks. So we might be in tier one before we know it, but you'll hear it from us first. So that is our COVID update. Stay tuned for more about that and our lead story um, at the record Now we're going to go up and down the shore, our second segment. Um, and we start with our northernmost coverage area town, and that is Glencoe and a spot on the small screen. Yeah, that's right. So this was more of a lighthearted feature by our freelance reporter, Aaron Yarnall. Um, in the story online, you can read all about it, but uh, actually it was pretty cool. Um, the Today Show was out at Watts Ice Center in Glencoe, and they were filming a segment about the rise in popularity with outdoor ice rinks. Um, obviously, you could assume it's probably, you know, COVID related. People are getting outdoors more. They're finding ways to do these activities, um, you know, out in their community and everything like that. So they're filming a segment there. And I want to say the segment also focused on like those DIY um, homemade ice rinks that you'll find in some backyards across the North Shore as well. So I, saw, I thought that was pretty cool. I guess the uh, segment did air already on last Saturday, I believe. Yeah, Saturday morning. And they do have the clip online at the Today Show website already so kind of just search for the segments called cutting edge um i just looked it up real quick so yeah it went saturday so very cool little little feature on watts um as the uh um the base for that story um so congrats to them they were pretty proud of it skipping down one town we're going to talk about more uh details about the the gates gym and the nutria west campuses uh east campuses i'm sorry overhaul yeah, the Nutria Board of Education got some uh, some updates regarding the potential project at their uh, meeting uh, last week, and several significant updates came from came from that meeting. And one thing, um, well, I should say multiple things to to take away from it is right now the updated cost projection for the project is what officials are estimating in the seventy five million dollar range. Um, so they're hoping to get some more specifics regarding the cost at the end of this month into early February. But right now, the tentative estimate for the potential project, if approved by the board, is in the $75 million range. And also the um, architects and designers of the potential project sort of walked the board through what it might look like and gave them a floor-by-floor -floor tour of the potential new facility. Um, and right now the facility that's being proposed is uh, as a three-story new construction on the east side of the campus. As Joe mentioned, that would replace the historic Gates Gym. And that facility would include a, a new competition gym, new um, side auxiliary gyms, 
class, new classrooms on the third floor, an indoor track, a turf area, new cardio and weight training area. So would be a, would be a very significant update um, to what officials are saying is, uh, is much needed improvements on, on that side of the campus. Yeah, check out Marty's story. Great job with the detail on that, kind of running you through everything um, from start to finish. So you can take as much as you little as you want from that story. And uh, we, we kind of dove in a little bit to what we thought of it in our sports podcast, if you didn't know, called The Varsity. So check that out, a little cross promotion for you. Um, <laughs> jumping over one town west, we're going to talk about Northfield and uh, kind of the, the culmination of what we, uh, what we saw coming a little bit. Yeah, this one's been on our radar for a while, and I'm sure our readers are probably familiar with it as well, but it was officially made official last night by the Northfield Village Board. They approved the sales of adult use and medical cannabis within village limits. So um, it sort of first came back to the Village Board's attention at the tail end of 2020, I believe in October of 2020, and village the Village Board had had sort of came to an agreement that it was time to, to reconsider um, for a number of reasons. First off being that uh, potentially some of the concerns they had at first weren't as, as great as they once imagined, you know, in regards to um, safety in the area and if it would have any impact on, on crime or, or safety for residents and sort of they're using some of the other nearby villages who approved cannabis sales right away as case studies and found that that necessarily wasn't the case with a lot of these villages. And then the second and, and probably major reason behind a, a lot of it is the financial impact. Obviously, a lot of our villages are facing um, revenue losses and potential deficits because of COVID-19 and the economic fallout it's had. So this is one significant way that villages are able to recuperate some of those losses is through uh, the sale of adult use and medical cannabis. Nearby Northbrook is estimating that um, its cannabis facility, which which went up at the beginning of this year, um, or tor towards the end of last year, I should say, um, could could bring in upwards of three hundred seventy five thousand dollars in local sales tax revenue. So Northfield is uh, with its with with this decision is hoping that um, if a cannabis dispensary were were to come into town, that uh, they would see some significant sales tax revenue from it. I do think it's important to also note that there's only particular locations that it will be allowed, which I'm looking at the story now and it's Waukegan Road, Frontage Road and Central Avenue. So there's different corridors that um, the dispensaries would be able to set up shop, which would be 500 feet away from schools, worship places, parks. Um, there's all that kind of detail on the story as well. Yeah, very important to note, Megan. Um, and sort of at the planning and zoning commission meeting a couple of weeks ago, they were sort of trying to envision some of the uh, potential locations that could fit within those parameters. And um, obviously, as I'm sure our listeners and we know, Waukegan Road is, is pretty, pretty jammed. Mm -hmm. And with those restriction limitations, it takes away a significant uh, amount of the options because of Christian Heritage Academy um, being obviously in the Northfield portion of Waukegan Road. And then once you get down in the frontage road corridor, obviously a lot of that area is car dealerships. So those aren't going anywhere. There are a couple, um, a couple options in the frontage road corridor that I think village officials believe might be able to work out. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what's proposed in the future for that. Yeah. So stay tuned. We'll be on top of that. And uh, I'm sure when the, any permits come across the board level or, um, or applications, 
um, we'll take a deeper dive. Um, so that's Northfield. Um, we're going to jump down and over to Wilmette, um, where um, Regina Dominican, another kind of feel good story um, amid the pandemic or relating to the pandemic. Um, you know, uh, when the when the pandemic, pandemic first hit at the end of last year, a lot of schools, a lot of organizations, but schools had to kind of scramble to do remote learning to, you know, as we were learning more about the virus and, and how it would impact everybody. Um, and a lot of things were abandoned in the school. So we, um, Regina Dominican kind of did something cool this semester. They talked about how this virtual art show they just held um, felt like a redemption, felt like redemption because all the artworks from last year's students and, and created by in 2019-20 school year was kind of just left on the walls to no audience. And now this year they were able to put everything online and make it available. And um, a lot of people got to view it, a lot of families, a lot of friends, a lot of art lovers. Um, so Regina Dominican held a virtual gallery. Um, it's on artsteps.com, you guys can find it. Um, but it's just a really cool story about how they were able to um, showcase these students' hard work and efforts um, when uh, last year they, they couldn't do so. So they found a way. Um, so that's just a cool feel good story that you guys should check out about Regina Dominican. Where there's a will, there's a way, right, Joe? I've heard that said once <laughs> or twice before amid the pandemic. No, a lot of, a lot of schools and a lot of organizations finding ways to reach the community, um, uh, mostly virtual, but in unique, um, unique ideas. So pretty cool. And that is up and down the shore segment number two. Um, in our North Shore Newsweek. Thank you guys for listening so far, but don't go anywhere because now it's time for the fan favorite featured feature, um, our favorite and your favorite right now. And we're talking about, how about a birthday in an igloo, Megan? <laughs> That's right. And happy birthday to Gigi Eisen, who celebrated 104 years. Uh, I was actually scrolling through, through social media and I saw some posts by um, Home, Hometown Coffee and Juice one of my favorite uh, cafes over in downtown Glencoe. And they shared all of these really neat pictures of their set up igloos outside. I think they actually call them their hometown houses. They're those uh, transparent igloos that businesses have been setting up along um, you know, the parkways and everything to still cater to their customers during this time. But 104 years, there was a birthday party celebrated there for a woman who's local to the North Shore, um, her family set up, you know, a little um, party in one of those igloos and everyone was able to kind of stop by and say hello and give her their well wishes, um, you know, in a safe manner through the transparent walls of the igloo, which I thought was really neat because you hear of so many things getting canceled now, whether it be weddings, birthday parties, you know, stuff like that. So they found a way to celebrate their Gigi. Yeah, so she's cool. uh she celebrated her fair share of birthdays, but I'm sure this was one of a kind, which is, which is awesome. Yes. Happy birthday, Gigi, 104 uh, years young. Um, very cool. Very happy cool birthday. Um, so that is our, uh, that's our show. That is our three segments. So thank you guys for listening so much before we part, we do, uh, we do like to tell you a little bit about what we got coming up and we got, we're actually pretty packed the next few days, but we're going to highlight a couple things. Um, that are coming up uh, the rest of this week, Thursday and Friday. Yeah, we've got coverage of the Glencoe Village Board coming up. They'll be meeting um, Thursday, January 21st. We'll have that, that story ready to go. Um, looks like a, a topic on the agenda is going to be a consideration um, regarding the now approved Hoover Estate project and possibly um, 
possibly developing a, a homeowner, homeowners association to um, to sort of um, guide that that new 29 lot subdivision that will be coming into Glencoe. So that'll be something to um, watch out for. And then also Glencoe's committee of the whole will be meeting that evening as well prior to the village board. One thing that's on the agenda there is they'll be talking over what um, future events in the village are going to look like moving forward. Obviously Glencoe is one community in the area that's sort of known for um, having creative events, particularly during the holiday seasons. Um, so they're going to start trying to envision some ideas of how uh, events are going to look in the future. That and more you can find on the, the record northshore.org as we go about our business and on, uh, keep informing you with public service journalism you can trust. So um, if you haven't checked out our site, please do so. Uh, you probably did. That's how you found this podcast. But uh, keep us in mind whenever you're looking for news and information. And uh, always consider donating or subscribing if you can. Um, we are a nonprofit newsroom, as I've mentioned a hundred times. So um, we appreciate the support and even the listens. So that's it for our show this week, guys. Thank you to Megan. Thank you to Marty. And um, you guys will catch you next week. Thanks for listening.